<laughs> Good evening and welcome to Success in the City. <laughs> I've lost it already. Okay. My name's Helen Webster and I'm with the lovely Sandra Scott and we have an amazing guest today. My name's Anthony. Anthony. Welcome Anthony, thank you so much for giving us your time today and we'll find out loads about Anthony as we go along in the show. But first we shout out to the kids. Any kids who've done amazing things this week. Um, Sam, have you got any little people or anything that you want to shout out to? No, I haven't got any little people this week, which isn't like me. But um, no, I haven't. But my son's girlfriend, who isn't a little person, she's 23. She's staying with us from Italy and she's just an absolute dream. And it's like having a little doll in the house. So I'm delighted. Oh, lovely. Amazing. Anthony, any young people? I have, yeah. Uh, I'm going to keep her in the house. So I've got my little niece, uh, Chloe. So she's amazing. She's just started college. Uh, she's doing Cooper in college. So she's. we've had the uh, photographs doing the rounds on the WhatsApp with all the chef and gear on and all that. Looking very mm. proud. And does she bring the stuff home to eat? Yeah, she, she was she was doing it anyway before she went to college. So yeah, she's been. Yeah, I had uh, some nice cookies the other day and what have you. So yeah, she's good. Oh, oh, they're the best benefits, aren't they? If somebody being able to cook, you just get to eat it. Amazing. Love it. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to give a little shout out today. So our past, well, he was our very, very first guest on week one oh. of our show, is uh, Football with Ben. And yeah. um, Ben, so our, another past guest of ours, John, Gibbo, John Gibbons from the Anfield Rap, said that Ben could go in. So... Ben and I went into the Anfield Rap today and we watched how they created the video, which was a live YouTube video, and we sat and watched that. And then we went into the recording studio and John interviewed Ben, but Ben didn't know he was going to be interviewed. So he's Aww. interviewed him for the podcast. Um, and he did like a little 10 minute. And so Ben, you know, was sort of thrown on the spot and he just handled it amazing. And uh, give, him, give him a T-shirt and stuff. So it was just a boss little morning for an hour. Yeah. It was amazing. So a massive, massive shout out to Ben. So well done to Ben. Yeah. Um, so successes this week for you, San. What success for this week is you? Well, I've had a few successes, um, to say the least, trivial as usual, but okay. Um, so I like to have a pumpkin out for Halloween because, as you know, I spent the first seven and a half years of my life, more or less, in Canada so came to it obsessed with Halloween and was horrified to find out the duck apple was all that happened in the 70s. So I'm ecstatic now because all the kids come around and they didn't really do that much where I lived over the water. So I'm very happy and I'm hoping all the kids are going to knock on Sunday and I'll give them sweets. And Ronan and his girlfriend carved three amazing pumpkins. So I'm made up. So I put them on the path with um, candles in and I'm delighted. I hope it doesn't mean... And I'll have some sweets and things ready. But I haven't got much in the way of decorations. That's the only thing. But hopefully the pumpkins will let them know that they'll come for sweets. That was cool. Um, bit of a sad thing. You know, I went to Pen um, I used to go to Penny for my hair done. And I've been for like 20 years. And I went to somewhere new today because she's over the water. And it's a pain for me to get there. Yeah. work. So I went and I was off today. So I went to a new hairdresser's, which was ace. And we had a great time, and they're just hilarious. And the girl who did me hair, she used to fly as well, so we just howled laughing the whole time, Bernadette. And um, at um, Tranquility Spa, which is on Williamson Street, um, just between Church Street and uh, Richmond Street. Um, it's next to the Richmond pub, so it was just ace. And I had a lovely morning there, so thank you to them. Because it's really? a big thing to new hairdressers. Mm. So um, and just a few little bits and bobs going on really business-wise too. So some cool stuff happening at the minute. And watch this space. Brilliant. Loving that. Anthony, what amazing things have happened to you this week? Uh, from a uh, professional point of view, uh, work-wise, we've just started a, a nice job actually uh, on the Playhouse Theatre and Sound. Mm -hmm. That's quite good. Fireman mm -hmm. uh, Sam's on on Friday, so... Uh, I'm hoping to get it well. I don't know if I will. Rachel, my missus, we've got a little three year old and a three month old as well, but they're, they're looking to go for Addy, so I said he better have his ladders. I'm on Sam, better have his ladders because my legs might end up through the ceiling of the theatre. So boss is that? Yeah, we're working on the theatre, so that's cool. Loads of challenges working around uh, what they've got going on in the daytime and stuff like that. They have afternoon performances, so that's that. Uh, I'm, I went swimming uh, again this week, so uh, on a personal level. I, 
we got like I take my little lad swimming. Well, I'm supposed to take my lad up swimming every week, and I haven't been able to go the last few weeks because of work, which is crap. Uh, but yeah, I have to get there this week, so that's like my little win this week. Ah, oh, brilliant! Brilliant! I love that. God, I don't know when the last time I went swimming. What about you, Helen? Um, so we had a great day yesterday in um, Triple C, which is the church of the three churches, and they did um, a food. They do food pantry. So food pantry where you can go and collect um, your food and stuff. And then we did fun activities for the kids. Um, and it was amazing because we had about 40 kids all day. Um, so they were brilliant. And they were, it was really good. And there was loads of them. And it was a lovely day, wasn't it? So we played outside um, for the whole of the day. And then today we've been to um, Penny Lane um, Development Trust, which is a lovely little community centre in Penny Lane. And um, there was loads of kids there as well today, so that was brilliant. So it's just nice being outside and playing with them. Well, you've reminded me of something which was terrible. I forgot to say yesterday, um, thanks to yourself, I gave a talk to the um, Haymans Greens Ladies Club. And what an interesting bunch of people they were, quite diverse, and it, it was lovely. And actually, that'll bring me to my embarrassing moment, my red face later on in the month <laughs> in the show. But that went very well anyway, so it was cool. Yeah, Brilliant. so to them. And that was that. Amazing, boss. Um, so I've left my little piece of paper. I've gone the wrong way around now. There we go. Right. Um, we're going to play this or that. Okay. Okay, we're going to play this or that. Okay. Am I going to go first, San, or you? No, I will, here. Okay. Okay. Anthony, Vietnam or Wales? Oh, Wales. Wales. Okay. Ooh. I know. I've never been to Vietnam, and Vietnam is on my list. Um, but I do love Wales as well. But uh, it's more achievable, isn't it? You can go to Wales every weekend. Yeah. It's but like... I'd love to go to Vietnam. What about you, Sam? Wales is handy, it is lovely, and it's gorgeous. But I love, um, I think, completely different cultures and different cultural experiences. They give you a head workout and you're just taking it. It's what it does to your mind that I like. You have such a different experience. And I know when you get your weather, it's nice in Wales. But let's face it, it's easier to get a tan in Vietnam, which is a bit superficial, but there we go. <laughs> okay. But I love Anthony, Strictly Come Dancing. Ballroom or Latin dancing? I think Latin. All about the Latin, yeah. Yeah, all about the Latin. What about you, San? Um, say it again. What did you say? Strictly come dancing or? So strictly come dancing. Do you prefer the ballroom side of dance or the Latin side of dance? Oh, Latin, a hundred percent, because it's lively and Hispanic. What more oh. do you want? Oh, so I'm ballroom a million percent because I want to do the quick really? step of Anton Dubeck. Yeah, yeah, or the American smooth. Uh, just put it out there, Anton, if you're listening. Well, it's like more like strict, isn't it? And I just don't imagine you being like confined by the. I know, I know, and and I love, but no, I just think I think I'd love to be able to just to do the quick step is like me dream with Anton Dubeck. Well, when Anthony, that's what I'm going to do. Dance with him. For Helen's uh, Prezi last year for the birthday. I got a ticket to go to see Antoine Dubeck and go at the Philharmonic, right? And it got postponed because it was meant to be last February. So it's actually this February coming now. Mm -hmm. so I'm anxious that Helen's going to hijack him on the stage to do. But you've seen him before, haven't you? So you Oh, yeah, like I'm glued to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like love him. Yeah, yeah, I know. Have you done any of the charity? No, I haven't, and that's why I threw that in, Mr. Clown, jiving away. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I haven't, but it, it is on my list. I do it for the exercise. Imagine the poor person who got me. <laughs> Go on, San, your next one. I have no memory of anything like that. Um, okay. Spanish or Italian? Spanish, I think I lived in Spain for a couple of years. Uh, don't test me, please, on my Spanish, Sandra, because I'm. I was, no, I, I was 18 and I was drinking all night and sleeping all day. So, me, <laughs> where Spanish. did you live in Spain, Anthony? Because I didn't know that. Yeah, I lived on the south coast. So, we lived uh, in between uh, Benalmadna and uh, Tonalinos. 
We lived in a couple of places actually, but my uncle had a couple of bars over there, so I used to go and work there and come home in the winter. So yeah. Oh, amazing. How boss is that? Like, like 18 running a bar in Spain. It was, it was yeah. Living the dream. Living the dream. Um, and I'd go Spanish as well, just because we've done a bit more Spanish than um, Italian. But I do love Italy as well, but I'd go Spanish. What about you, San? Oh, you know, I can't ever say affiliation to a language, Helen. Well, I'm just saying that you've been everywhere else with your groups, but not to Spain, just saying. No, I love Spain. I love Madrid. I like Spain, Spain, though. Mm. I'm not like the holiday resorts. I like yeah. proper, proper Spain. Um, but I love Italy. I've been all over Italy, haven't I? Oh, everywhere mm. in Italy. I haven't been to as many places as Spain. Um, I can't choose. Okay. Food, maybe Spanish if it was food. Oh, okay. See, I'm the other way. If it was food, I think Italian. Well, do you know what I did? I actually didn't specify. I said Spanish or hey, Italian. You know I'll see what comes back here. With language, I was thinking Spain because there's South yeah. America and all kinds. And I think it was more if it was to learn a language and, and throw myself into it, I think Spanish. But I think the food, definitely Italian. I think mm -hmm. culture. Well, I used to would have said Italian, but I'm gluten-free and it's an absolute pain now. Um, but um, South America and Spain for the culture I love and it's really interesting and diverse mm. Italian if you're getting right round to the nitty-gritty the Italian language is just beautiful yeah. and fascinating and gorgeous and poetic so divided there we go okay amazing okay Anthony vegan or vegetarian I'm going to upset a few vegans now, considering I had a vegan venue. I think a plant-based diet, so that's kind of. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not. I think vegan is a bit of a bit of a trigger for a lot of people, and I think it puts people in the wrong frame of mind about what eating sustainably is. So I think uh, being plant-based, I'm going to sit on the fence and go right in the middle of the two because being vegan. You can't have a belt. You can't wear, you know, shoes, leather shoes. Or there's there's a lot of and everybody's interpretation of what a vegan is is it's all very uh, dogmatic sometimes for some people. So I think plant based is a nice way to say just eat plants, mate. It's, yeah, uh, yeah. Really much better for the planet. Yeah. What about yeah. you, son? So I'd say vegan with leather shoes <laughs> <laughs> and a handbag. Sorry, but. Um, that's more about, so I, I have, like, I wouldn't eat meat. I don't eat meat so much. I still eat fish, but I don't eat meat. And that is because about beef and the planet. But I did it for health reasons more so. And, um, like, uh, milk and things like that. So if I have my, I feel it in my joints the next morning. And um, when I don't have dairy and stuff, I just feel much better and meat. So, um, so when I have a vegan diet all the time, I feel much, much better. I tried it in January just to see how it went. And it was just brilliant. And and when I don't feel so healthy, I think, right, I need to jump back on that now. And I love it now. Once you get into it, there's, you can make the nicest food and you feel better for eating it as well. So, but I haven't thought about the whole vegan thing, not having, slightly ignorantly, not having shoes and handbags and stuff till you mentioned it then. So thanks for that. No, I did. So when I, I went plant-based, um, and, and then I thought, oh, vegany plant-based sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And then I did a course on... Um, vegan and vegan cooking and um so I did, it was online it was during lockdown and i thought oh I'll, I'll i'll do that you know and it was all about the food and stuff which was brilliant and then they were like they said um if you want to be a vegan go downstairs and throw your leather couch out and throw everything leather and i was like oh I thought, well i'll just be a bit plant-based because i'm a proper like shoes as well but i did buy, buy a pair of vegan cake eggs yeah, some people just need to relax a little bit. And, and, and so I was like, that was a bit dramatic, I thought. So I thought, I quite like the plant-based. And if I did go somewhere and somewhere happened, somebody happened to put, like, milk in my tea, I then drink. I'd probably drink it just out of, like, you know, I wouldn't be like, oh, I'm not having that because, you know, I only and drink I this. somewhere and they made me a roast, I'd eat that. <laughs> All right. From a, from, a, from a personal point of view, I probably wouldn't, if there was meat going to waste, I probably wouldn't eat yeah. it. Because from a health point of view, I don't think I want to put it in my body anymore. But I've yeah. got pals, I've got pals who are much, far more sustainable than any vegan I've ever met. Yeah. Who will go out and he will pick road, kill off the side of the road, yeah. and they'll cook it and eat it. Or, you know, because he's just kind of like... Because it's more about waste, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And that animal has died. Yeah. And it's a gift. It's a, it it animal, I don't really can't. I don't think I'm in that, but that... Yeah. I think people 
kind of love the label that much that they, they make stupid decisions. And yeah, 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 yeah. Really I agree with you on that. Yeah. 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 Go on, Stan. Okay. Um, seeing as you've got youngsters now, Disney or horror films, and I don't mean Disney horror films. See, I don't like horror films, not because I'm scared of them. I just think they're very predictable. Uh, and my little boy is going through some crazy night terrors at the minute. So we definitely yeah. horror films on at the minute. So uh, I think Disney's, yeah, Disney's all right. I've never been to Disney, though. Much to me, uh, me better half's uh, horror. She loves, she yeah. went to Disney World and all that years ago. And I've never been as a kid, so I've not got the whole Disney magic down. But I definitely uh, would prefer it to a horror film, I think. The animation stuff like cool, like the new stuff. Yeah. Yeah. 100% Disney. I had the same conversation today. I said, I don't mind horror. Years ago, horror used to be a little bit spooky. Now it's like, how gory can we be? And I think, oh, there's, okay. just, there's just no need for it. And Disney always leaves you with like a little warm squeeze, doesn't it? So Disney for me. Or what about or you, Sam? Tissues gone sobbing your heart out. <laughs> well, I'm very excited because we're going to watch Coco in Spanish. <laughs> Coco's amazing. Ronan's girl's multilingual. So she said, we'll watch it in Spanish. And Ronan did, and he went, oh. <laughs> So I was made up because I haven't seen it. Because um, it's all about Dia de los Muertos and everything, you know, in Mexico. So I'm quite happy. It's very, it. very good. And it's got great music in it. Brilliant. Okay. Um, firewalk mm. or Skydive, um, Anthony? I think Skydive. Uh, skydive before, but then I've done the firewalk now, so yeah, I've done firewalk last week. So, but yeah, I'd always want to do a skydive. My little sister actually done one for her 18th birthday, she's a maniac. Uh, she done one when <laughs> she was allowed, or it might have even been 16, I don't know, she was young anyway. Wow, put me to shame. She's went and done it, she just like sees the day and went and done a skydive. But yeah, Brilliant. I like to do one, yeah, yeah. What about you, Sam? Firewalk because you're not meant to jump out of aircraft. Unless you're on fire. <laughs> so fire walk for me as well. I'm not. I'd love to do a skydive, but I'd have to be strapped to somebody, and they'd have to push me out because my left leg would go. But oh. yeah, far from that. Yeah. Imagine the humiliation when you wet yourself on the man's leg <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> or worse. <laughs> anyway, moving on. What the yeah. hell? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Anthony's with us tonight. San, I'm going to let you introduce Anthony. Um, and then we'll hand it over to Anthony once you can breathe again. <laughs> okay, so I'm absolutely made up that you're here with us this evening, Anthony, because you're a really inspirational person. And we've both known you for some time now through business. Um, and I'm hoping you're going to speak about your, your role and how you got into business and then what you've done to give back to the people who maybe supported you in the first instance. And then how it took a turn for you and what you've set up in, in the north end of the city and where you're going with that and what your ethos is about that because it's brilliant. And all the, the amount of stuff you do for charity through that exception individually, um, if you would. So welcome to the fabulous Anthony Strode. Thanks very much. Uh, so yeah, uh, I uh, I'm a little bit of a scally from Iton, as as I probably would have been described when I was younger. Uh, and I was always in and out of jobs and construction and bar work and all that type of stuff. And I was just kind of uh, Mr. Content with what with with not a lot really. And that and that was kind of my life. I had a good family and all that type of stuff, so I, I, had, a, I had a great life. But then I had probably no motivation, definitely not for business. Uh, and I, Somebody told me to to just nip along to the Prince's Trust, and I always I, I move on to me me kind of relationship with the trust. But I, I, it really made me think about what my life was before, and, and even though it was great, and I thought it was great, it, it, I didn't have a lot of motivation for anything more. And I can really credit the trust with kind of giving me a little bit of a rock up the backside and and making me strive for a little bit better. So I went along to the trust uh, off a friend's kind of advice and. and he basically went on the four-day enterprise course, which is the business course. Uh, and I was, I've always been in construction, worked with me, with my family and everything else, and in and out of jobs. And, and I'm really good, at, you know, with my hands and, and various different jobs I've done. And I started a roofing company just, just like that. It was weird. I didn't drive. I didn't drive until my mid twenties, mid to late twenties. And I, I passed my test and approached the trust and started a business all within 
like a couple of months and it was it was it was it was mental it was like 10 years ago now but it was like it was the, it was the maddest like the first three years of being affiliated to the trust was was crazy uh and i uh i, I threw myself into the trust side of things probably uh, to the detriment of my time and me you know I, I said yeah to everything with the trust because i was grateful for like what I'd, what i'd got yeah. from them really and the, the money was was fine but it wasn't that it was the support and you get a mentor and the mentor has been instrumental in my my business and, and my growth and, and everything it's, it's just been fantastic i couldn't recommend it enough uh so yeah i become a i, I went along to the I, I got in touch with my mentor regularly because uh, that's what they do they keep in touch with you and and they basically put me forward for the enterprise award which is like their their awards that they do every year and i won the northwest uh, regional, so because I was like the best business in the northwest the year I've done it, and then I went through to the national final. So I was at the Palladium in London. Uh, took me mum and dad. It was a proper red carpet thing. It was <laughs> and it was insane. There was Jerry Halliwell and uh, <laughs> David Hay and everyone all on the red carpet, and and, and we were the, the businesses were the stars of the show. It was fantastic, and it was like you get in there. We're sitting at the front, and there's uh, Anton Decker hosting it, and Prince Charles is on stage. It was just bonkers uh, yeah it was fantastic so and and, and, I, and I come second in that or something like that. I, did, wow. I didn't win the national but it was like it was it was just amazing i was uh i was really proud of that and it was cool yeah. uh, and for that time in my life it was like i was on i was on the crest of a massive wave and where it was it it was fantastic mm. the business was doing great and uh then i, I become a, a young ambassador for the trust so essentially my job uh because I'm fourth behind like a pedonkey, my job become uh, going to speak to business owners and people uh, who potentially could have had deep pockets and, and supported the trust. So I'd go to mm-hmm. dinner talks, uh, award shows, things like that, or even just to like go and uh, work the room at, at big events and, and they, you know, I'd have like a person walking around introducing me to all the you know millionaires and whatever else. And you just I'd just have to tell them about my story really, which was kind of what I'm telling you right now. And, and hopefully that makes them uh, see the see the value in, in the trust and, and put their hand in the pocket. So yeah, it was cool. It was it was fantastic. Spoke uh, at the uh, House of Lords, Buckingham Palace Garden Party. Uh, the second time I bumped into, uh, I seen Prince Charles at the garden party, and he, he like made a beeline for me. He was like, "I know you don't." I was like, "Yes." Oh, wow. It was just a, a wacky period in my life where it was like, yeah, I'll never forget. It. But yeah, it's uh, you kind of. You, when when you're in it, you you you, you want to celebrate, yeah, and it's great, and you you flavor of the month, and it's fantastic. But then there's a natural progression. There's new guys coming through. These have the spotlight yeah. as well. So you just move on into another role, uh, which was then like uh, I'm not, went into a little bit of a uh, a mentor thing where I do the inspirational talks and try and just give a little back to the to the new businesses coming through. So yeah, that was the trust was fantastic. And are you still part of the trust now? Uh, I get a phone call every now and again to just see if I want to go and do a talk. I was I was meant to do the mentor uh, role, and I did get a couple of kids through who unfortunately didn't. One of the big problems with the trust is they have kids come through who get the money and run, yeah. <laughs> which is a bit, a bit silly, really, <laughs> and they don't see the value in sticking around and talking to the mentor. Uh, so we had a couple. I got a couple sent through to me. I done the mentors course, the training course, and they had a couple sent through, but. Nothing ever, they never ever answered the phone or got into Yeah, it. yeah. Oh, what a shame. Yeah, it is, it is really, because I really could say that without my mentor, I wouldn't. wouldn't be and um, it's it's interesting what you're saying, because um, I was tagged in something today, which was a big surprise. And someone said, it said, tag a mentor, someone who's helped you. And I was like, what's this? And it's it's actually mentors day to day. It was all over LinkedIn. And I hadn't realized, but I just got this notification. And I think... Um, you everyone should have a mentor that's what they say shouldn't they you should mentor people but you should have a mentor and it's about helping people on the way and i think you know i'm always saying this on here the business community here in merseyside we all help each other massively and if you've got a problem and you talk to someone else in business it doesn't matter if their business is the opposite of yours the, the same issues come up right yeah, and the value of a mentor you know no one knows it all you do need support you do need clarity um, so that's a, a real shame, isn't it? Because you've got yeah. so much experience to offer them in that. Well, I think I think the the businesses that are in touch with their mentor, they they run the numbers. It's not like 
uh, it's not a waste of time. The businesses that stay in touch with their mentors are the ones that last and the ones that survive. Yeah. They are. It's just a fact. You know, you can't do it all on your own. And the mentors not there to tell you how to do your job, but it's like even if it's just somebody to, to listen, you know, bounce a few ideas off. You don't, yeah. have to, you know, you don't have to give them all these pearls of wisdom that will kind of change their life and their business. It's just having somebody who can bounce things off. And, and most people don't get that, especially when you when you're stuck in the day to day, especially with trades, which is what I was all about. And the kids who got to me, it was like plasters and things. It was like. Yeah. Just make make a little bit of time. I know it's hard because I've been there, but just just give us an hour. Come and see me for a cup of coffee. Yeah, but, yeah a bit of a shame. But I'll, hopefully, I'll pick back up again and get an, get another couple in. So yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. So yeah. moving on from your prince's trust and stuff like that, what's the next step uh, along our journey? Where did you go then? So we, as a business, we were we were absolutely killing it. We we like doubled our turnover three or four years in a row. You know. Turning over over a million quid uh, before COVID and, and 20, 20 odd guys working for us. We had a couple of national contracts, so we were up and down. We had vans going up to you know Aberdeen and right down to Plymouth. Mm-hmm. It was fun. It was, it was good stuff. We had from a professional point of view, we were, we were doing all the right things and you know investing in the business, and it was all kind of heading in the right direction. Uh, and then we went and got pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> we had it so we had so we've got a three-year-old little boy now so when uh so when we got pregnant with louis it's kind of like i didn't fall out of love with business and with with my business because i still love it uh but it was like everybody i always tell everybody i tell everybody this this is like my favorite uh little saying that i tell people everybody else people are get a midlife crisis and buy a sports car i, mm-hmm. I uh, when i had me when i we got pregnant with me little boy my midlife crisis was thinking that the world was going to going to explode and 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 my little boy wouldn't have a future and, and things. So that was so my midlife crisis was buy a vegan veggie coffee, zero waste store, all that type of stuff. And my so I went from like one extreme to the other. I was like business, business, professional growth, and then all, overnight I just went, ooh, I don't really know if that's me anymore. Uh, I've got a, I've got a little boy. Is that the world I want to me to grow up to see me grow up in? And I just thought, and I, I kind of put all kind of me time and I, I, the business was running anyway, so it was I had good people involved who could help out and stuff and, and keep things in the, in a, the place where we were. But I just totally uh, prioritised the other side of things, which was the little world, which was uh, which was I wasn't going to change the world and I wasn't fooling myself when my little boy was born. But I wanted to change my little world, and that's what the thinking was. It was kind of like I wanted a space where my family could be all together. Even if I'm working, you know, my missus could bring the kids, and, and we could have it. It was just all about a bit more of a wholesome life, uh, and the lessons I wanted to teach my kids and stuff like that. So that's what little world was, and, and you know, what I love it. It was amazing. Uh, it still is amazing. Uh, I've took a little bit of a step back in little world, uh, so I've got two friends, uh, two of my best friends actually in the world who, who run it. Uh, and they kind of we had we had crazy stuff with lockdown and you know all the lo- all the hospitality mm. industry it was just decimated a little bit really and we we never really had it added in us to reopen again so my friends mm. uh picked the bat on up and and they're, they're running with it so they're doing some cool stuff fireworks and all that stuff. Um, it's quite it it little world is one of those things when you know where it is you know where it is when you're looking for it, you can drive past it three times on three separate occasions, Anthony. So explain to people where it is and so, what sign to look out for to take. Okay. So you're coming from, uh, you're coming down Dunningsbridge Road from mm-hmm. the centre towards uh, Switch Island. Uh, you go past the Park Hotel. Yeah. Uh, on the left, that same side of the Park Hotel. It's about 100 yards past. If you get to Switch Island, you've gone too far. So you will be back on the dual carriageway doing a U-turn. So, yeah, it's about 100 yards past uh, the Park Hotel. And, like, it's just by Joseph Park, the building merchant. So it's it's actually in an industrial area. So we we add the building anyway for the construction side of things. Oh, we've, got, we've got our workshop there. So we build all the pods there. So we've got Posh Pods as well, which is the other company. Yeah. So we've got the we've got that's our kind of showroom. We've got a couple of pods on the car park and the workshop, and then we had an, it was an amazing space. I, I like a big, it's like a big uh, glazed front, so it's got like these big full length windows, uh, full mez- It's a mezzanine with like a vaulted ceiling and stuff. And I, mm-hmm. I when we got the keys to the place, I was standing there, and just like this cannot be just 
part of the office or a sales room or a, it, it yeah. just be on it. And I, it was just, it just snowballed. It was meant to be coffee and cakes and and whatever else, and it just ended up being a full zero waste store and full vegan menu. And so, what sort of stuff happens in in, in Little World? So I know that people that can go and buy food and um, they can take their own containers and um, yeah. you know, and it is a cafe as well, isn't it? You know, so have, tell us all about what Little World does. So what it did do uh, pre-COVID uh, is not the same as what it does do now. So. Uh, essentially, it was built around the premise of reducing plastic. So, uh, disposable, zero waste, uh, single-use plastic is a massive problem. So, uh, going to the supermarket and buying things, and then the things yeah. you look at your recycle bin. Because even recycling, right, is is not it's not really the answer. Because a lot mm -hmm. of it goes on boats to Indonesia, uh, and they don't really recycle a lot of it. Just gets taken somewhere else, someone else's problem. Yeah. Uh, We've seen it in Bali. We were on the beach in Bali, and there was loads of trash on the beach, and some of it, oh. some of it's English uh, rubbish. You know, you look at it, yeah. and you're like, you, you, you. At the time, it was like quite ignorantly thought, oh, this is like a local problem, local people. And you, you dig around in it, and it's English bloody trash on the beach, and in, 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 mm. in the other side of the world. So, so yeah. So it was all about that really, and, and reducing our impact on the on the world and our waste, the waste we produce to live our life. So it was all so basically people brought containers. We had bulk containers on the wall with rice, pasta, oats, spices, everything, or yeah. uh, all, all mainly dry foods. Uh, and people could bring their own containers, weigh the container, fill it up, and then bring it back. And it deducts the weight of the container, so you're only paying for what you put yeah. on the pot. So it, it's fantastic. There's loads of them uh, about, but COVID has made it a bit of a minefield. Really, touching machines, contamination. Yeah. So we've kind of had to. Uh, shelve it, which is a bit, a bit of a shame. So, uh, the first lockdown when that come, we we transformed everything into like a delivery service, and we were we were doing like a hundred, uh, over a hundred deliveries a week. We were getting food out to people. Yeah. Couldn't get, people couldn't get to supermarkets, and we were getting all other independents involved. We had people baking bread and bagels and cakes, uh, and we were we were like a hub for other businesses. So people were bringing all the products to us, and we were we had a, a platform where we were. Like basically had a, a full zero waste delivery service. We were cooking meals and freezing them and everything else. Uh, so we were doing all that during lockdown. But then after lockdown lifted, we kind of unfortunately had to put our energy a little bit into the construction stuff, which is yeah. which is which is the boring side of my life, uh, and it, it kills me to do it. But it's what pays the bills and what keeps the roof over there a little yeah. So yeah, so we've got so I've got a couple of uh, amazing friends to come in. They've had to they've changed things slightly. Uh, they're doing more events. Uh, they're still open. They're open Thursday to Sunday at the moment. Hopefully, from the next within the next two weeks, they'll be open seven days again. Uh, but it's all similar stuff. So uh, brunch, breakfast options, and uh, but they're doing some cool stuff events wise. They're doing they do music night every Friday. Uh, they're doing uh, they do the car food boogie, which is like a DJ on the car park and like 10, 15 independent vendors all on the car park. So it's like a car boot sale, but nobody's old golf clubs are getting sold and nobody's all jumpers with holes in it's not that it's, it's like a car boot sale but with cool handmade stuff from local independent oh, oh, cool. well he's got their boots open and their little gazebo up, but it's all like amazing products and then DJ playing boss tunes and then you can have a you can have a beer licensed venue so you can have a beer or a cocktail yeah. So it's just something a little bit different, especially in Bootle where we are. There's no cool stuff there. It's like oh. so, and we've got parking. It's just it's just a yeah. place to have a, a cool event. And you yeah. did something dead cool last was it last Saturday, last Sunday when you did Saturday, the firework? Yeah, Saturday. So, uh, so that was so. I, I'm you saying this like I'm I'm claiming uh, credit for this, and I can't I can't claim any credit for it. Uh, so my friend Sarah, who's taken over, she's she's a mate, she's amazing. She's a, uh, she's got a family member, Nathaniel, young boy, who's uh, got a medical condition, and he's uh, it's all part of the Charlie Guard Foundation uh, and that that charity. So it's all centered around that. So she set up a charity firewalk uh, oh. in the Charlie Guard Foundation. So and it helps uh, Nathaniel with the, all the medication that he needs to keep him healthy. So essentially, that was. Uh, Probably over 100 people all on the car park of uh, a cafe and Google all doing a firework. I'm <laughs> saying again, there was a DJ on and everybody's having a beer. It was it was brilliant, yeah. yeah. And you raised you raised loads of money for that, didn't you? Yeah, they haven't even 
they haven't even got the figures yet, but it's they're still counting it basically. The money's still coming in, but it'll be thousands, like it, it really was thousands of pounds, like which um, is brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it was. Definitely, yeah, yeah. So we've got the cafe and we've got the roofing and stuff like that. And uh, you've got your little people. Um so so what's what's happening next? What's the next stage? Yeah, so the baby number two <laughs> brought on uh, life change number two. So uh, <laughs> not as simple as that, but we are I've been over the last my kind of way I've wanted to live my life's uh, been over the last three years since I had my little boy has been slowly moving in, in the same direction. And it's all been about uh, what, what's the, and when you talk about success in the city and what is success for me, and I just think yeah. earning, earning good money and, and building a big business and a brand and something that doesn't make me proud anymore. Uh, I like it mm-hmm. and I, I like, I, I'm proud of my achievements that I've done in the past, but the person who I am now, that doesn't really give me any fulfillment, mm-hmm. those things anymore. So, we're in the process uh, of basically moving to a massive piece of land in Scotland uh, and selling some of the shares in the business and working from up there. And essentially, it's like a it's like a couple of decommissioned reservoirs in Scot- Scotland, uh, and it's got a cottage and everything else. So, uh, uh, yeah. So we're basically off and leaving you. But we'll still keep. We're still. I'm still going to be a shareholder in the business. Get him off the show, Helen. <laughs> no, but that's a massive success. So you're going like proper, um, self-sustained and and and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. So. Are you going to have a goat? I'm going. I'm definitely having a goat. I want to scream and goat. If it doesn't scream, I'm going to take it back and get another one. I want to scream and goat, or a goat that does parkour. I love. I, love. I just. I just. <laughs> I sit and watch goat videos all the time. I love goats. So, yeah, we're getting goats, definitely. Random. Okay. And um, you have, like, solar panels, and so will you get your own energy and stuff? Yeah, definitely. So it's quite cool, actually. There's two locks there. Uh, It's a decommissioned reservoir, and there's one that's 200 foot above sea level, higher than the other one. So the top yeah. one is the bottom one. So the rain from the mountain in the back, there's a mountain in the background. Comes oh, down my and God, Anthony. And then that feeds the bottom lock. So we can... Well, the hope is eventually there'll be we'll be able to attach hydropower to the top lock. So when the water's flowing from the top one to the bottom one, it's generating our own power. Uh, so we could not easily, but we yeah, it's dead feasible to be totally off grid. Like this is my this would be my dream, Anthony, not to have to buy gas or electricity yeah, to be able to, to to live and food. You've Terry May is listening in, and Terry May says is right, and so um, nice one to Terry May. <laughs> so now Terry knows. <laughs> um, so, who's going to move to this place? Uh, so me, me and Rachel and the two kids are going up, and me mum and dad are actually moving to Scotland with us. Uh, probably uh, going to stay with us for a while, and then uh, maybe they're looking at a piece of land themselves to build something on. So. Yeah. What part of Scotland, Anthony? It's, it's only three hours away. It's just south of Glasgow and Edinburgh. It's a bigger place called Bigger. Oh, yeah. Ooh. So is it going to be a bit like, because you're into roofing and construction and all that, is it going to be a bit of a, like a grand designs project? Have uh, you like mapped it all out? Have you done it yourself? Yeah, and no, really. So I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit of a, I don't know what do you call it. I, I, I think the construction industry, and one of the reasons why I, it's a little bit uneasy for me is because of the environmental stuff that I that I kind of want to live by. Mm-hmm. It's massive and a massive problem. Uh, so, yeah, the whole big glass and steel and concrete monoliths that you see on Grand Designs are a bit of a problem, really. And, and I think we're going to be going to have a little bit of a simpler life. We will probably have to do a little bit of work on the property that we're buying, but it'll be more of a uh, slowing down rather than let's go and do... Because I think... You get wrapped up in the wanting, don't you? And I, and I did really, really want this house, and, the, and and I do, and I want to move up there, and I want that new life. But when I get there, I don't want to get there and go. Oh, I really want a nice shiny new extension. Yeah, really. yeah. So I think that's like kind of really what I'm, I'm pulling myself away from as the years go by and as my kind of personal development goes. And as you get older, you realise those things, labels and things like that, they just don't matter at all. They just no. people think that makes you happier. It doesn't. It's how you live your life. And you mentioned your own food. So you're yeah. gonna grow all your own food. 
Yeah, so we, yeah, definitely. So I'm going to be, uh, I went to a, I went on a course in January uh, to do, it's called agroforestry. It's a basically a, like a sustainable farming method. Uh, basically creating a food forest, uh, something that doesn't need any any physical inputs after a while or very little physical inputs. So when you when you grow on vegetables traditionally, which I will still do because I, I love annual vegetables as well. When you grow annual vegetables, you get a seed, you, you propagate the seed, then you put it in a, yeah. a bigger container and then maybe a bigger one and then you put it in mm-hmm. the ground and then you, you're weeding it, you're making sure mm-hmm. the pests don't get at it. Then you're harvesting it. That's a lot of work. So it's like, Something, some annual crops are amazing. So I'll probably still do a little bit of that. But what what I'm aiming to do long term is create a full diverse growing system of perennial uh, crop and plants that basically once established look after themselves. So the, the the strength of the system is its diversity. So you're not basically growing one or two uh, crops, which is what most farms yeah. do. So you get ten acres and they grow grow ten acres of wheat or ten acres of corn, yeah. and they, they spray it full of crap. So it doesn't yeah. sort of don't get in because once the if it's not very interesting if it's not very diverse the pests will soon get in there and, and yeah. figure out so whatever wants to eat that'll figure out how to get in because there's not yeah. but you have to spray it with crap to stop it and that's what we're eating with the with with a, a diverse system in agroforestry essentially the strength of the system attracts the diversity in the system attracts predators as well as uh, pests so the, the the more diverse your system the pests wouldn't get a, a grip of anything that you've got growing there because it's the predators will come in and get see and see to them sure enough so it's like mm. it's about it's about you mimicking what happens in a woodland environment essentially and, and making it work for you so you don't have to really I'm a little bit lazy my perfect type of gardening yeah, where it just, just does it itself well. and you just have to eat what you grow you're creating a foraging environment so everything there it just comes every year and you just might have to do a little bit of minimal weeding uh, and adding, adding things and taking things out that don't work and everything else. But yeah, it's quite and Anthony, you're a man after my own heart because um, I acquired an allotment earlier. Oh, amazing. I was going to say, pity you didn't know about that, Sam, before you got the allotment. Yeah, I don't have the, no, they wouldn't have had it. It had to be perfect. It was like something from a manicured garden who'd come around with the clipboards. Bev Hogan, St. Bev Hogan, as I call it, she's doing it every day now. She's amazing. But I was horrified at how much, so even like to grow your sunflowers, stuff like that. I was horrified at just how much water, how much, what you're saying makes massive. And I was thinking, it makes massive sense to me because I was thinking I'm driving from there to there to water them, coming back. And I thought this is defeating the whole object of what my ethos was. And I've got like a garden space now, so I've got tubs and things. But so there's loads of fruits and berries, okay, that are self-sustaining and they grow each year. Which type of vegetables do that? What veg can you grow that way? Or are they more pulses or? Well, asparagus is a perennial. So asparagus comes back year on year. Uh, it's a bit of a bug to establish asparagus. Uh, you got to have, it's like really sandy conditions. Sandy, and things like yeah. That. It's I not, like probably not, maybe not practical for people to grow it in the gardens, but like rhubarb is, if you like rhubarb, rhubarb is a dead practical perennial. Yeah. Uh, the tubers as well, which are similar to potatoes, uh, mm. kind of perennials, uh, and potatoes as well. Actually, I've got I me, mean, I've got potatoes in my raised beds that are last year's potatoes, and I just missed a few. Yeah, <laughs> it was shockingly perennial. I, I, I put them, I took my potatoes out last year, and then I put a couple of other shrubs in, and then this year, my potatoes are back, and I'm like, I'm gonna do my tubers in that. So, yeah, it's, it's just kind of some things will. will kind of come nature will find its way if you set the system up right you know what i mean so that's yeah. kind of what forestry is all about oh i'm loving that that's like that must be like super interesting so i've watched him um, liz you know tommy was on last week his mum um yeah. had watched um the david attenborough and um prince william thing the um on the telly and it's um they're giving a prize out aren't they at the end of the six weeks i've only watched the first one but it was a bit about saying like you know the forest it needs this and it needs that and if you leave it it'll just carry on growing and it'll go back to what it needs to be and it's a bit like what you're sort of explaining and you think that's like a dead cool thing isn't it if, if people aren't involved it just sort of does what it's supposed to do and then people get involved and cause chaos don't they well yeah i mean even like brownfield sites and ex, ex bit like if you look if you drive past something that's you know a concrete derelict wasteland that was maybe sort of they've knocked the factory down and then you look at it over the next so actually that seamlessly onto my next 
uh, subject, <laughs> which I'll talk about in a minute. It will, nature will basically turn that round in its own way. So it'll take time, but it will. It'll, and some of the things that you look and go, bloody, I look at that load of weeds. But then weeds are doing a job. You know, they're breaking up, they're breaking up the subsoil and everything. There, you don't, and and they're the only things that'll survive in that environment. But then in ten years' time, that environment's changed because the weed, the weeds have done the job on the soil and, and the impact, the compaction's gone and everything else. So yeah, it, it'll. It, nature's fantastic, and we're just. It'll be idiots to ruin it, but once we're gone, it'll be uh, it'll be it'll be right back to a thriving, amazing place. You know what I mean? So, oh, how interesting! So, yeah. So, the thing that I should have well brought up by now is uh, Grove Sefton. Uh, so, off the back of Little World, we've got around the back of the where Little World is. There's six acres of uh, forgotten about land, essentially, and it's owned by Sefton Council. Took us a while to get to the bottom of who owned it and how we were going to get our hands on it, but looks like mm -hmm. we are. Uh, so we've set up Grow Sefton, your fans on Facebook, uh, yeah. and to kind of tells you what we're all about. We're not doing much at the moment because we're still waiting for a lease, but essentially, uh, there's a, a CIC there formed, and it's going to be all about uh, growing produce, growing uh, local communities, growing uh, sustainable living, and everything else in, in, in and around our community. So it's Basically, a forgotten piece of land. It was ex allotment land, and it's now woodland. Thirty years later, it's just a, new, a, a woodland all on its own. Nobody's touched it. It's just happened, and it's kind of like when we found out the history that it was just an allotment thirty years ago. And we've seen aerial shots over the ten, twenty, and thirty years. It's fantastic to show you what nature can just do on its own. We've got a few issues on there, flooding and whatever else, but it's quite it's, yeah, it's fun and games. Are you going to take it back to allotments? Sorry, Sam, are you going to take it back to allotments or are you going to just let people sort of do little bits and pieces? It's it's basically, we, we haven't got it. Until we can open, until we've got a lease, it's a community project for the community. So uh, a lot of the a lot of the things, that a lot of the provisions and a lot of the things we'll do will be uh, community-led effectively. So we'll be getting a membership uh, and we'll be basically letting the community form a lot of the stuff that we do on site. So it's about be, we're we're kind of going to be hopefully be uh, custodians of the, the land essentially uh, just to begin with, and we've been mm -hmm. in there doing doing some work in there, clearing pathways. Clear, and I haven't been doing an awful lot of it. We've got a, a couple of guys who were well, one guy in particular who's amazing, and he's been just absolute force behind it all. Uh, but yeah, we'll be doing some growing. It won't. Uh, it, yeah, we we don't we don't really know is the answer, but it's a fantastic space, absolutely amazing woodland in the middle of people that nobody probably knew about. It's just the answer Switch Island. It's literally yes, isn't it? Yes. Okay. Um, you know, one of the things I found with the gardening is it's really therapeutic. Um, and a lot of people said in the lockdown it kept them going. People who were able to do gardens, and then when the allotments were open and things like that. And they loved it. And it's sometimes I find it, say if I've got a really busy working week and I finish maybe about half four or something on a on a Saturday after teaching, I'll just pot some little plants and that and just pot yeah. it. And the expression potter, it's just you feel that nice. And when I plant, I've got some flowers or things like that. I just feel really nice for doing it and I love it. And also the achievement when you see your seeds grow up. And, and then when you, my uh, brother has an allotment up in Scotland, funny enough, on the East Coast. And he gave me this cauliflower and it was like the biggest cauliflower of your life. And it tasted nothing like a cauliflower from the supermarket. It was it was lovely. It was dead tasty. And whereas they can be quite bland, you know, people hate collies, don't they? You've got to do a lot with them. It was absolutely delicious. And the food that you taste when it's freshly grown, it's like it's just like a different food than than what you buy in the shops, isn't it? Hundred percent. Yeah, we. Yeah. It, it, Sorry. The, the taste and the food quality. If you grow your own produce, it's like a totally different thing. Mm -hmm. When you go to the supermarket, you're told it's they basically cherry pick maybe five or different five or six different species of each thing. So they might be, only be five different types of strawberries available in the supermarket, five different types of potatoes. Ludicrous, there's hundreds of thousands of edible plants out there, and, and we, you know, all heirloom varieties of different uh, annual vegetables, all weird and wonderful shapes and colors, tastes totally different and fantastic. Yeah. Just so it's like so kind of machine driven, you know, this is get it all out high acreage of the same stuff, which is just not very interesting. If you grow your own stuff, 
it's just not and it's like when you when you go to the market abroad they smell much nicer you can really smell the tomatoes and things and everything isn't all the regular shape is it you know the more as you'd find it naturally because a lot of people don't tolerate that whereas we want it to be perfect or whatever or that's what we're marketed at so people buy it you know and they've brought out the wonky veg bag because now haven't done all that sort of stuff and it's um it's all the same apple off the same tree isn't it Do you know what i mean it's just yeah. uh, one got a little lump or a bump or something like that. yeah wonky veg is, is great for like food waste not like throwing things away even even that is kind of like it's still the same uh stuff from the same generally the same sprayed fields and stuff like that so yeah although it's it's good it's better than throwing it in the bin because it's not a certain shape but yeah. growing your own and getting local organic stuff definitely i'm not into growing things because i haven't got the patience but i love eating it and um, my uncle's got an allotment and he gave me lettuce and radish and cucumber oh. and um he had chickens at the time and eggs and stuff like that and he gave me everything for a salad um and it was just amazing. It was just like, it was just like, yeah. yeah. So I love eating it, but I just haven't really got the patience yeah. to go. But I'd like, I did have a tomato plant in a hanging basket um, this I year. Hate, I hated salad until last year. I didn't really enjoy salad. I've never like got a bit of, bit of a leaf and gone, oh, yeah, that's nice. I love salad. I don't know if you've ever had greens for good. Have you ever had greens for good? The, no. The, no. The, Are they in Crosby? No, the Liverpool company and the based in in the city centre under the university, I believe, in one of the cellars underneath oh. the university. Oh and yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's all hydroponically grown. Oh, yeah. It's not classed organic because it's not grown in the mud. But there's no uh, chemicals, no nasties. That are fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and basically, the food is they give you it, and it's still alive. It comes yeah. in a box. And it's this, you open the box, it's a big bushy, sat load of different salads, basil, everything. And you open it up and they're in like the roots still attached. And the taste of eating a like living leaf compared to something that's been in a bag for a week sweat. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna check that out. Oh, yeah. we'll have a little check when out of that. Went to see that, he told me it was brilliant. And I know we're getting pushed on time, but I just need to know something, Anthony. Where are you moving to in Scotland? Do you envisage having a guest accommodation if people were on their travels and wanted to visit? Maybe they could pay and stay and eat the nice food. Yeah, so that's the plan. So obviously we are a luxury garden builder manufacturer. So posh mm -hmm. pods. So we're gonna we've got it. There's a couple of guest cottages on there already that are already getting Airbnb, and we'll just be building a few more. So yeah, we'll probably have five or six little lodges or whatever on there. So that's the plan. That's going to be in my kind of retirement. Uh, kind of fantastic. Oh, yeah. it, just so you know your kids are going to have Scottish accents I know, for you, they, know. <laughs> they won't because if you and your wife and, and your mum and dad are going to all be there you'll all have to just speak really really scouse to them I'll take the accent of the peer group yeah. Yeah. that's why I moved up from London because my lad was going mam and I thought oh no <laughs> <laughs> Well, we wish you all the very, very best, and it sounds absolutely amazing. And we know that you'll be a massive success because you're all at what everything that you do. So we move on to red face moment. So, San, you were in my mum's group with having a little chat with all the mates on Tuesday. Oh, yeah. Really awkward. Really awkward. So we talked about my journey with languages and everything. I just talked about school, and it was the only thing that was good at, blah, blah, blah. And I went to the airlines, went to the interpreter, went, went to uni later, then became an interpreter, blah, blah, blah. So at the end of it, this lovely lady comes up to me, and she goes, and they said to me, where did you go to school, and all the rest of it. And she goes, why aren't my daughters like you? They went to your school. And I went, oh, right. I said, how old are they? And one of them was the same age, and I thought, there's no way I won't know it. And I said, oh, who, what, who is this? And she said her name. And I visualised myself in third-year seniors, which for younger people is year nine, head-button this girl, her head hitting the concrete and thinking, oh, I've killed her. But she was all right. <laughs> you know, imagine if you'd like be sent to Borstal for that now, <laughs> or whatever. Anyway, and I was like that. I went, oh, we, we weren't the best of friends, to be honest. I said like that with her. And she said, oh, it's all right. She doesn't get on with anyone. And I felt a bit better. But the poor girl, I thought, how awful. I was mortified. And she said, what's your name? I'll write it down. Like that. So I thought she would have gone over again. Do you know something? <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was retaliation for 
three years of a nightmare, but there we go. But I just had this vision in my head. I thought, oh, no. <laughs> so that was a bit embarrassing. So then I said, I've got to go now. <laughs> and dashed off afterwards. Yeah, that was a bit awkward. What about you, Hal? So on Friday, we go to our breakfast BNI meeting, don't we? And we were all coming out the car park. Loads of us coming out the car park because we all sort of come out at the same time. Me and Steve and a couple of others are walking up the, uh, up the, and a car comes down, you know, to get out. So I jumped in front of the car to stop it because I Again. thought it was one of our members, and it wasn't. It was a hotel guest and his wife. So I just yeah. waved You've and started laughing. Anyway, he took it in good humour. You've done it before. You probably thought, "Who's this?" Don't speak to her. She's a lunatic. Just smile. <laughs> or something like that. I do it all the time. Anthony, I jump out thinking that's people's cars. That it's somebody that I know, and it's not. Just don't. Never oh, mind. <laughs> what I'm about you? Bath, so all right. Yes. You got a red face. Uh, not recently. No, I've I've got a really high threshold for getting embarrassed. I don't really I don't really care about that type of stuff really. But probably maybe. Back when I was younger, probably a few. Uh, when I done the, when I went to the book, when I went to Buckingham Palace for the uh, garden party thing, I got pooed on by a seagull on the way to the train <laughs> that's station. Good luck. Yeah, I got no. Well, that's, I got pooed on. It like got it got me head. <laughs> I had a three piece suit on, brand new three piece oh, suit. Yeah. The, the jacket, the waistcoat, the tie, the the, the, the trousers, every <laughs> bit of it. It just went right. And I'm like, oh, I ran into Nero, and I'm like, oh, mate, I'm going to Buckingham Palace garden party. Can you sort me out? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he got like a uh, got me he sort of me out, got me some water and all that. But then I went and it is, it was good luck. So I went and I, I'm standing there and there must have been a thousand people on the lawn from the and there's a bit like a guard of honor with the the guy the feeder guys and all that and they yeah. were pulling people out from this at that down the down the side of where the beefies were, the people were there was like thousands of people there and they were pulling odd people out. And then when Prince Charles was walking from the house to like the gazebo at the bottom of the garden. He was kind of, they stop and speak to everyone along the way. And they pulled me out. Uh, no, they didn't pull me out. Sorry. That's a lot. He, I was standing at the side, didn't pull me out. And then as he's walking down past the person in the middle, he, he looked over and goes, I know you. And I'm like, so, yeah, you do. That's a bit cool. That yeah, you, there's poo boy. amazing so quickly and we want a positive challenge so something that some people can do that's a positive challenge um this week or onwards yeah so i touched on it before growing growing stuff growing anything growing flowers growing veg growing herbs uh one of the most important things if you haven't read the book as well uh, Russell Brand's Revolution uh, talks about ways that society and everything can be changed and challenged. And one of the top three things uh, is in every single study that's done, one of the things that can have the most impact on the world is people growing their own fruit and veg. So revolution doesn't start in the streets, burning cars and bins and all that nonsense. It starts in your garden. So get growing. Uh, oh, nice. I love that. On Audible right now, yeah. Russell Brand. I love people recommending books. It's yeah. So we're going to do our closing quote. Okay, so a mantra that you live by, um, but I know that you've had a few, so you've got two minutes to tell us a few and then leave us with, you, with, with your last one that you live by now. I've done all the, the, the work hard, work smart and all that and the uh, be kind and, and everything else. And, you, and when you're doing it, you try it and it works to a certain extent, but you, your life changes, doesn't it, and you move. So... Mm -hmm. uh, at the moment, I'm trying to build a, a life for, for our family and be a little bit selfish, which is something that I haven't done for a while, a long time. I haven't done that. So, yeah, so that's that's what we're doing. We're not, I wouldn't go off the mantra, but we're being selfish, which is a weird thing to say, but it's all about... Uh, Anthony, you're not being selfish, actually, at all. Yeah. Because you're quite the opposite. You're thinking of the future of the planet. And you're thinking of the next generations. And okay, you might have pulled your circle into your family, but if everyone took that attitude, it, it, it is the most unselfish way of living because um, the planet would be sustainable, wouldn't it? Definitely, yeah. Amazing. So I want to say a massive, massive thank you to you, Anthony, for giving your time up. Um, and we wish you massive, massive successes in everything that you do. And we'll still see you around and about, which is yeah. cool. San, amazing as ever. Um, and so next week, who's on next week, San? Uh, so we've got Jill Wilson, which I wrongly said was this week because I thought you were next week, Anthony. We've got Gillian Wilson on, 
next week talking about Bradbury Fields. But also we should say thanks to Rachel because she's had to grapple with a three-year-old and a three-month-year-old. So Anthony could be on the show. Yeah, <laughs> so well so thanks to Rachel as well. Yeah, yeah. And we'll see everybody next week. Yeah. Walk in. She's yeah. coming. Quick, come and say hello. Rachel, because Helen wants to see the match. Hi, <laughs> Aya. Well done, Ray. <laughs> well, thanks to everybody, and we'll see you all next week. Thanks, thanks and. Thanks. Cheers. See you soon.